Down to the Nub Podcast, the cigar podcast show focusing on premium cigars and good times. With industry leaders, cigar giveaways, interviews, and more, here are your hosts, Cigar Show Tim and Brandon Cigar Mechanic Wells. Let's get it started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Down to the Nub, episode 67, and... uh we're going to have some fun this episode. We're, we're, we're going to do some new stuff, but we're also going to get a little deep because life gets deep sometimes. But we've got to have some exciting, you know, exciting moments as well, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely do, man. And uh, you are still clearly under construction at your place. Uh, yes. I'm assuming that you've not got help there yet to uh, install the sheetrock on the ceiling because that noise you hear in the background is his exhaust fan. Yes, which is good that I don't, you know, completely inhale and exhale the smoke over yes. and over again. But when you put in a fan that, frankly, is probably a little overrated for you 100 think? square feet, uh, it's it's a little loud acoustically, but it pulls we'll out the smoke, it. and soon it'll be fixed, and sheetrock will be up, and then you won't hear anything, and it'll just suck all the smoke out, and it'll be amazing. It'll be absolutely amazing. Yeah, so it's just, uh, it's going to be there, so deal with it. If you don't like the sound, then, well, just don't listen to us anymore. Yeah, suck it up, Buttercup. Isn't that how we're supposed to start this? Oh, no, it's, hey, if you haven't subscribed yet, ring the thing and do the what's a not and like, thumbs up, and do all those things. Oh, my bad. I said it wrong, too, then. Yeah, yeah click on the F, the camera, and the bird. Um, yes. And go to at down to the nub. At least, no, that's an at. Uh, down to the nub and either the F, the camera thingy or the bird and follow us. And then you can go to the uh, boob tubes and uh, click the uh, subscriber button, uh, do the thumbs up and uh, ring the dingling and it'll make a thingling ding happen. Oh, that actually just goes click with the sound of your mouse. It's lame. It's super yes. late. If your mouse, if you don't have a mouse that makes a click, it does absolutely. I'm thoroughly convinced it does nothing still. Yeah, it's, it's completely silent. If you have a mouse that doesn't make a click sound, then your life is just sad because they'll yeah, never so, hear click. Yeah, so go to YouTube, follow down on the nub, and then click the bell, and then comment if you think it actually does something. Like, prove me wrong. That's what I need all of you to do right now is prove me wrong that it actually does something because I just still do not believe that that bell does anything other than make you feel good yeah and if your mouse doesn't click then all you have to do is just push down when your arrow is touching it don't, don't click just mouse. push down i don't just have a push mouse. down but i don't have a mouse i'm sorry yeah i yours well, is all through like hand motions and stuff right yeah it's like ooh, 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 and it does it you will select there select there yeah. i'm like ooh, bleep bloop bleep bleep bloop bloop bleepity bloop <laughs> to you too sir <laughs> Um, so, anyways, what? What? Uh, that was enough of that crap. We'll cut all that out right now. Like, chop, chop, no, right won't. here. No, we won't. I never edit anymore. I haven't yeah. done editing in like sixty episodes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that. <laughs> I think I know that, but I don't. But real quick, um, I noticed that I have a cigar and you do not. Uh, so I'm actually smoking the Epicario New Wave, Connecticut. Ooh. Uh, um, I was just one of one of just. Just an excellent Connecticut cigar. Just a nice, milder cigar to, to cap off the evening after a nice, nice evening of Bible study. And we did not smoke in the cigar lounge tonight because some of the guys get affected by the smoke. So I made a commitment okay. to them uh, that if they would start participating more, then I would 
not smoke. Um, and so I did not smoke. And um, the group went off. <laughs> went, yeah, and here we are. <laughs> and, and, and so I'm having a nice cup of TurboJet coffee. Subtle plug. And this may or not be, may or may not, okay, it is one of the four test blends for Shadow Smokers Legion. TurboJetCoffee.com. Yes. Go buy some now. Uh, what are you going to be smoking tonight, dude? Because I know that tonight's kind of a special night. You've done a thing. Uh, that's kind of a thing. And it's a big thing in the cigar world. I know we talk a lot about God here, which I absolutely love. We still talk about cigars. And there's a there's one time in, in a man's life or a woman's life, a cigar smoker's life, <laughs> um, which hopefully it's a man or a woman because uh, kids don't smoke cigars. Um, no. Drugs are bad. Yes. And uh, <laughs> that is called cigars drugs. Uh, but but there's one moment I, I think that stands above almost all moments in a cigar smoker's journey, and that is their first box of cigars. Yes, because it's it's cool when you buy your first cigar. That's what everybody always talks about. But when you make that first box purchase, that's kind of a big deal. Like that's stepping up into manhood, right, or womanhood. Like saying, and, I'm serious and- about this. And you want it to be a cigar that you're proud of saying you bought a box of because you don't want to buy a box and be like, yeah, I bought a box of uh, JM's Dominican Sumatra or a box of this or that. Or I had to say that because I know you just, yeah, there we go. I had to throw that one in there for you, Brandon. But, but you want it to be a box that you can be proud of so that, you know, two, three, four years, five years, as long as you love the cigar and can be proud of it, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter whether it fits somebody else's palate or it only hits your palate, be proud of the first box purchase that you make. And yeah. if not, then make fun of yourself while everybody else makes fun of you and you just move on with it. But so, I made a box purchase. Well, and, and before we get into that, like I, so we know that, because <clears throat> I know you want to get into smoking your cigar and I'm holding you up from it and kind of purposely. <laughs> yeah, you uh, are. Because this is kind of fun. <laughs> We're going to drag this one out. <laughs> Woo! But you have your show, Cigar Show Tim. Before this, you uh-huh. did Dad Smoking Cigars. You were part of that team uh, that, that kicked and launched that uh, mm-hmm. with, with you know, your good friend, your best friend, Kyle's idea. You helped him launch it. Cool. That's going. So you've had a lot of cigars. And it's not like, you know, sometimes I think people equate to like your first cigar box is like, oh, you're a rookie. And I, I wouldn't call you a rookie by any means. You've got a great review channel that, and, a, and an excellent palette. Um, and you've reviewed a lot of cigars. So this is your first <coughs> self-purchased box because you've received boxes before but this is the yes. first one you've actually fully purchased your own box yes this is the first time i have f- fully purchased a box for me it wasn't like a group buy or doing anything yeah. like that where somebody's just placing an order that it, it was nothing like that this is the first intentional full box for me purchase so i got a box that i'm quite proud of yeah you can laugh it's okay that I'm quite proud good. of because it's one that is a cigar that I have fallen in love with this year. And I've fallen in love with it so much that for anybody that's seen my top 10 of 2020, you'll know that this cigar made my number one. So I purchased a box of yes. the Carrillo Pledge. Mm. And this is the Sojourn, which is the Toro size. So it's a 6 by 52 I think 52. Mm. Yeah, 6 by 52. Yes. Sojourn. And so I am going to open 
my first full box purchase. Dude, I'm so excited for you, man, because that, that cigar, like everybody that I've talked to that smoked that cigar uh, has really, really enjoyed it. I'm so happy it made your your number one. Um, and it, it's a great cigar, man. I mean, they did such a great... I feel like there's a hair hanging in my eye right now. Like, it's just, just really getting me. But, dude, I, I'm so excited for you, man. Like, it's... What a great purchase and a beautiful box at that, right? Oh, beautiful box. And I did get it from littleguycigarshop.com. Yes. So shout out to Michael Wells and Little Guy Cigar Shop because he's just, we've said it time and time again, he's just doing it right. He, he's absolutely doing yeah. it right. He's doing it smart. As you hear the plastic, for everybody that's just listening, you're welcome. Oh, sounds so good. But you pull it off, and with the plastic on it, you think, oh, it's a bright, shiny, like, gloss finish. It's not. No. It's matte. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful matte finish, man. Right there. Look at that. Dude, they do such a great job with their bands and their labeling. And the color alone on this makes you just want to gravitate towards the cigar because of that bright blue color on the band. You ready? Here here, here comes the... The box is open. Oh. Dude, look at this. Look at this thing of beauty. And if you're, if you're listening to this on, like, iTunes or something like that, like... Really, if you're on iTunes right now and you're listening to this podcast, look at these cigars. Yes. If, if you're listening, make sure you look. <laughs> look at the beauty of that box, though. How do you even pull one out of there and smoke it? Not like physically, how do you do it? Like mentally, how do you do it? I, I, I feel like I'm violating the box. You kind of are. I know. But, like, I, but I, I have to do cause, it because I want to like, smoke one. Oh, dude, grab the ribbon. Pull it out of there. Anybody listening right now is going, like, what is happening? <laughs> what is wrong with those two men? Dude, it's such a gorgeous thing, man. What a thing of so, beauty. So now I can light up my cigar and enjoy one while you're enjoying one. Well, you have to do the, You have to do me a favor, though. You have to do the annoying cellophane unwrapping right by the microphone that everybody absolutely hates on a podcast. I, I feel like this is, like, part of every cigar podcast. Yes. Yes. We're back into the ASMR stuff, dude. Just listen to that. Okay, it's crinkled up. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's getting close to the microphone. This is going to turn creepy. Oh, but look at that beauty. Oh, look at and that. It's it not going to focus. Yeah, of course not. It's our cameras. Then they just, you know, we have this high flute and high end, like super expensive non equipment. Well, there you go. That's the cigar. For, for anybody that's listening, you really didn't miss much. <laughs> now it didn't matter that you're just listening. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, that's so awesome, man. I mean, it is cool like to have that moment of your first box, and you're going to remember that, dude. And listen, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow. Well, yeah, tomorrow, right? From yeah. when we're recording this. Oh, no, it'll be in the past. Yeah, so but from, from the point we're recording this, Yes. Uh, tomorrow we get to find out what the number one cigar is. We do. And, you know, when it comes to review or ratings and all that, a lot of the reviewers obviously put out their own list and everything. But uh, it, everybody looks at one main one. There are a couple that are out there, obviously, and a lot of the different review websites put them out as well, whether you're Cigar Dojo or Cigar Coop or, you know, all the different yeah. ones. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Cigar aficionados 
number one and a couple others that fill in because they have their own unique order yeah comes out tomorrow so we'll see what their number one is but this is my number one and i'm gonna smoke it and my bet is just looking at what's already laid out for the you know numbers two through ten since we've seen that to this date where we are currently mm-hmm. uh my bet is is that you are smoking there's the Shadow Smokers Legion Lotus Meteor Cutter, which will not focus most likely. Um, so if you're if you're watching, if you're listening to this on iTunes again, like you're not missing anything because it's just an out of no. cutter. But I tried. I, I really, I just looking at the way that two through ten have laid out already. Um, I honestly think that there is a great, 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 great potential that you are smoking. Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year. You know what? If that's the case, I will be happy because you for once, it. for once, I have matched with what I have experienced in a year with yeah. what they chose, but I have no clue, so we'll just see what happens. And you would have said it before them. You know, and I was one of the first reviewers mm-hmm. to actually put out a list intentionally because I didn't want to be swayed by anybody else's. I didn't want the thought of, oh, wait, yeah, I did have that, or, oh, that was good. Um, and this almost didn't, well, there was another one that was number one on my list before I tried this one, which is a phenomenal cigar. Uh, and, and then when I had the pledge, it was like, no, game over. It's, it's the pledge, hands down. And I tried both the Robusto and the Toro. Weren't you one of the, the first pledge. ones to review that cigar, period? Uh, I was. My review uh, hit the day after or the day before my review hit the day before actually they landed in shops yeah yeah i was gonna say i think you're like i think you are one of the if not the first one to review that very cigar oh okay don't go in reviewer mode now oh i'm not (laughs) i'm going to to heavenly mode dude pair that with the turbojet coffee man like how can you go wrong I know, right? Well, and and I've got to light it with my EP Carrillo Pledge lighter, of course, because there's course. no other way to do it. Yeah, I mean, there is really no other way to do it, is there? There is, but it's wrong. I don't even have one of those. I just thought about that. I don't even have a freaking pledge lighter. How do I not have one? I, I don't know, but I, I will say it was funny how Ernesto was like, oh, we made lighters when we had him on the live show. Uh-huh. He was like, oh, I didn't even know we made those. Those are nice. <laughs> yeah, so true. So true. So listen, dude, we've, we've gone through like this major life experience for you in like in a, in a major time for a cigar smoker uh, and in their life is to purchase their first box. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. Um, and 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 uh, expressing that uh, just enjoyment and pure ecstasy as that box mm-hmm. opened up and you see such a glorious cigar. But here's what I would ask all of you that are listening right now, all of you are checking out the podcast. If you made it through all these ums and ahs and ohs and weird noises and breaks and awkward chop because I lost internet for a little while, um, if you make it through all this at this point, please go in the bleep bloops down below in the box and like throw in some words that mean something about like I don't know the first box you ever purchased. Um, and share with us what would be the first box, first full box of cigars that you purchased on your own for you. Um, that was your your first big purchase as a cigar smoker. I would love to hear it. Love to see it. Just again, like use your little fingertips and hunt and peck on the keyboard and write something down in the, the that box down below that says Comentes. Yes. Yeah. 
it's a mm-hmm. be an awesome spot for you to put it. I mean, you can write it on a piece of paper, but then we won't get to see that or know it. So, uh, and don't yell prefer. it at the screen. Don't yell it at the screen because yeah. we still won't hear it. This isn't this isn't um, Sunday night football, so you don't need to yell at the screen. And even there, they still can't hear you, so it's completely pointless that you do that anyways. But you know, if it makes you happy and tickles your pickle, then by all means, yell at the screen. But for us, we can't hear you as well as apparently the NFL can. So in the box for cigar, first box of cigars that you purchased right there, right now. Go. I'll wait. No, I won't. That makes really awkward silence. Oh, wait, I can't do too many of those. Otherwise, YouTube will say that we've got a copyright infringement. Yeah, they'll shut us down, right? They'll be like, <laughs> no. Like they're, they're trying to find any way to shut us down. Like, oh, tobacco, bad. God, bad. You guys need to go away. Coffee, uh, bad. No, It's good for us, but bad for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they're finding a way to like go, nope, shut them down. And that's, we don't want to give them that. So last uh, last episode that we, we uh, our last Thursday release uh, was episode 65. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I talked about some of our new family pets and some of the, the new members that we have. We kind of went into some of the stuff. What else is going on in your life, dude? Um, well, I know we talked about it briefly, but I'm going to head out to Arizona for literally a blink yes. of an eye. Uh, or by the time this airs, I would have already been to Arizona. Uh, but it's it's just been this refreshing season of car repairs and all those other things. But at the end of the day, it's it's been really cool. I got to have a really good conversation out of a bad situation with my oldest son, Micah, tonight. Nice. Because they were playing video games, doing some different things, and <laughs> Micah came in not realizing he basically verbally took over control and I want to play this I want to do this and he's 10 I get it and he's the older brother so he thinks he can and I get that too uh, but we got to turn it from what could have easily been a disciplinarian thing of like hey you were wrong go to your room you know go finish your homework go read your book blah 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 and it turned into an opportunity for me to sit with him and explain how words can impact and affect people whether we realize it or not and as we're talking I start to see the lights sort of click and turn on because he's a very, very intelligent kid, but he's one of those that is book smarts, mm. not street smarts. Like yes. He asked today, he goes, oh, you know who the richest person in the world is? And I said, yeah, Jeff Bezos. He goes, nope, Elon Musk beat him out. He's got $4 billion more. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So th- that's the kind of stuff that he pays attention to, engineering, numbers, math, all kind of stuff. But so I sat and I just talked with him and said, hey, you know, this is what your words did. And this is, you know, why it's not okay." And it totally went from, frankly, with me as a dad two years ago would have become a, you know, what, you were wrong. Knock it off. No argument. Just go to your room. Go think about what you did. And I'll come and talk to you in a few minutes. And it turned into an opportunity for me to sit and exercise love and kind words and compassion and turn it into a teaching moment. For him and I, I got to share about, you know, when I was younger and how I would respond to things. And it just became a really beautiful time of sitting and talking with him and not having to end in frustration, having to end beautifully with, you understand why I said this? Yes, I do, Dad. You know, I, I understand he went and, you know, apologized to his brother and all those different things. And it just became a beautiful moment. And nice. We're in a season with the boys back in online school and all those different things where a lot of those moments are presenting themselves and I get to see 
the way that God wants us to learn things through his love, his grace, and his compassion, through opportunities he's presenting for uh, me with my family, whether it's Aaron with the boys, Aaron and I in our marriage and how we communicate, me with the boys, whatever it is. But it's just been a really cool season of getting to spend intentional time together. We went down to the beach and rented a boat because we had a group on that was going to expire, and we just cruised around the harbor and it's been a lot more intentional family time, and it's been really nice. And my grass is growing in the front yard. I seeded the lawn, and it's it's starting to sprout green, so it's amazing. Which is funny, because I just told my wife today that I'm going to have somebody come install fake grass in my front yard. Well, you need fake grass in Arizona. I don't want to mow it. Or well, have, you know, grass. Yeah, or have the sprinklers turn on every 30 minutes during the summer yeah. so it doesn't dry out. Not interested. We actually no. can't run the sprinklers in the summer because they will overheat the lawn. Because really? the water will the water will land and it'll actually get too hot and it can actually overheat the lawn. So you actually need to run your sprinklers in the late evening so then that the water can absorb in the evening when it's still 100 degrees out but the sun's not baking on it is actually the best time to be running our sprinklers. However, I don't want to run sprinklers to the front yard. I would like the front yard to look consistently nice. And when my landscapers show up, I want them to just be able to take the blower and just blow all the crap off the front. And because I can't seem to find a landscaper that shows up in any kind of consistency. So I, I can see at the times the grass is growing. It's like, you know, you're like looking through trying to find your car. And then, <laughs> you know, then all of a sudden it's like down and you're like, oh, I do have trees in my front yard. Um, I just don't want that. So. Yeah, I'm gonna artificial turf, man. I think that's just for a front yard. Like to me, that's just the way it goes. Dude, like artificial turf, throw it down, and like they've gotten so good about the artificial lawns now that it's like it looks so real. I love it. Oh yeah, they've improved. I mean, from where they were ten yeah. years ago, where you're seeing them stake them in the dirt, and you're like, yeah, that's clearly fake because it's just the Astro wrong turf. color green. Yeah. yeah, astroturf, and it's just rough, and it's not it doesn't feel like grass at all. And it, yeah, they've they've improved a ton. Yeah. Yeah, so that's funny. You're talking about the front lawn because I was just talking to my wife about that today. I'm like, eh, I think we're going to have somebody come put front lawn in our yard because it just looks ugly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyways, it just popped up. No, I think that's great, dude, having that intentional time and teaching your kids about language. Um, to me, like, language is such a huge, huge thing. Um, you know, words have become <clears throat> words have become important to me. That sounds so weird to say. But, like, just being focused on language and the words that you use is so empowering or demeaning um, however you choose to use those words. And when you start adjusting your language and helping others to adjust and and see the language they use, it really becomes very eye-opening. And when you can do that at a young age, um, it's even more eye-opening, right? Because you're starting to realize how impactful the words are. You and I talk about how impactful the words are. And um, it's becoming like, dude, like, like the word try. I hate that word. And I use like, I hate the word try. And yet I find myself using it in the times that I feel like I'm not going to succeed. So it becomes an excuse to make it okay to not succeed because, well, I tried. Mm -hmm. But if you're sitting down right now, wherever you are, whatever's in front of you, I ask that you try to pick, try to pick it up, whatever it is in front of you. I don't care what it is. If it's a freaking semi truck in front of you, try to pick it up. Like it doesn't matter. And the thing about it is you'll realize that you're just going to look really stupid because you're going to like do this whole like hocus pocus thing. And, you know, first thing everybody always does is like, okay, try to pick up the lighter. They pick up the lighter, right? Like, oh, yeah. like, no, I asked you to try. I didn't say pick up the lighter. I said try. So everybody goes, oh, no, well, I tried and I succeeded. No, you did. 
And then the next thing everybody always does, it's so funny, dude. Like they go and they, they like do this like hocus pocus, like I'm gonna lift it up, like Arr! Arr! and they look constipated and they're like looking at this thing and like, dude, okay, do you need a poop? Like, are you gonna have an annual are you are you okay? And and they just they're looking at this thing like crazy. And and then you have to look and I look at them and go, Okay, you're not picking it up. I asked you to try. And they you know look even more constipated. It's like the point is, is that try is a lay as a word that does should not even exist because you don't try. You either do or you don't. And if you don't, it's okay. And if you do, it's okay. But yeah. just realize, like, you don't try to do a push up. You either do a push up or you don't. Yeah. And if you did a half a push up, then you did a half a push up. You didn't try to do a full one. You did a half a push up. Yep. So like. You know, it's so funny because, like, I love, I always love telling this. Like, you go through the whole thing and you tell them, like, hey, try to eliminate the word try from your life. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody ever catches that. That's where the communications person to me said, okay, I would like you to attempt to eliminate the word try from your vocabulary. Correct, which is just another word for try. But eliminate the word try from your vocabulary. Yep. You know, so if you just do it, you don't try to read a book, read the book. Or don't. Just admit it. Like, I'm not going to read the book. Okay. Well, I tried. No, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. You did it. So simple as that. So it's like those little words that like just mean so much that we insert into our language on a daily basis. And some of them are so demeaning to ourselves or so demeaning to each other, to other, you know, even in your own like self-talk that we all have, like, you know, you think you're crazy because you can talk to yourself, but really like everybody does it. Right. Everybody does. Sorry, I was talking to myself right there. Okay, good. (laughs) I thought I was alone for a minute. (laughs) Oh, geez. I'm like, please tell me everybody does. Okay, cut that part out too. Should Um, I answer? Should I not? Uh, Oh, I'm supposed to answer. Uh, Yes, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. Even in figuring out if you should answer or not, you're having a conversation with yourself. I love it, dude. But in those times you're having a conversation so we can teach our kids these things, right? To, to not be so demeaning to themselves, to be uplifting to themselves, you know, watch the words you're using. So that you're not being demeaning to others. If something may come across and you don't have that relationship, ask permission. Hey, you know, uh, tonight I had a, a situation where I said, hey, do you want me to be straight or do you want me to be soft? Like, how do you want me to be? Because I just felt like God was saying, ask what he wants. Have him. He's like, give it to me straight. And I'm like, cool. Boom. And I like, I dropped it like a freaking bomb, dude. Like, and it's like, but that's how it is. And you gave me permission for that. So you knew it was coming because we all have our, we've talked about it before. We have our self-limiting beliefs. We have the things we hear about ourselves that we say to ourselves every day. When somebody comes up and goes, boom, and they hit you, even out of love, you're like, oh, I'm wrong. I'm a bad person. Oh, Lord, help me. You know, like, no, dude, like it's somebody coming to help you along and to show you some light. Yes. But sometimes that light can be blinding and it hurts that's okay yes so it's like I, I just encourage everybody to to you know man be 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 cognizant of your language and the words that you're choosing to use especially around your children especially around your children because we find that they pick up the same vocabulary we do and when we're demeaning to our spouses or we're demeaning to them and we tell them they're wrong <laughs> um, instead of helping them understand how it was a poor decision yeah it it did it becomes just so self-defeating over time i i actually brought that up with micah when i was talking with him and i said i bet you did you know and i said you know i don't use in my house we always called it 
we call it daddy voice, where I raise my voice to be firm so they know dad's being yeah. serious. And there's a difference between raising your voice to be firm and raising your voice because you think that's the last resort and the only option you have. And I was getting to the point where I was using that because that's just what I thought I needed to do to get their attention. And it was wrong. And I, I even told Micah tonight, I said, you know, if you notice, I don't use daddy voice very often, if really at all, the last few months. I said, have you noticed that? And he said, yeah, I have. Why? And I said, because I need to teach you and your brother both that that's not the only way to resolve something is to raise your voice. It's that you need to be able to communicate, keep your anxiety, your frustration, your whatever emotions under control and be able to talk and stay calm. Even if you're not calm inside, you have to be able to communicate calmly. I said, and I don't want you to grow up thinking that that's acceptable to have a, you know, have a conversation with somebody yeah. that if you feel like you're losing a conversation or you're not in a comfortable position that you just raise your voice, that's not okay. I said, and, and I've done that for too long. Yep. And I don't want you guys to hear that for me. And I don't want to use that and talk that way with your mom. And I need to talk in a way that's calmer. And he said, I have noticed that recently. And I said, that's well, I'm so glad cool. because that's what my job is as your dad, as a Christian man, as head of the household, as spiritual leader, is to show you and be okay with telling you I've done it wrong. Right. But I'm here to try and do it better and do it right. And it was it was just cool because it was an opportunity for me to frankly tell him, look, I've screwed up and I've been a bad example, Yeah. but I'm trying to be a better, I use the word try, but I'm being a better example <laughs> because I have. You're going to hear be, yourself say that every time you're going to go, dang it, Brandon. Yeah. Thanks jerk. But, yeah, well, uh, but I get to be a better example because I am not using that form of communication, which yeah. is damaging, which breaks down, which hurts, which wounds when in my mind it's, well, I have no other resort, so that's just what I have to do. No, that's not the case. And God's been showing me that in the last few months. And it's amazing how most of that has come about after going to a men's training camp. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You and know, we'll be at one of those pretty soon here in a couple months. We will. April, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, what really breaks my heart <clears throat> is when I hear when I hear a parent or, uh, or just a person yelling at their child or at a child, uh, telling them that they made them mad. You made me raise my voice. You made me angry. Like, dude, that just kills me. Like, one, because that was me. That's what I used to say all the time, right? Number two, like, what a, just what a gross lack of accountability in your own life. To, to tell a child or another person even another person that they had so much influence over you that they controlled the way you felt. Yeah. Like seriously, what do you think that child is hearing? And did you hear that from your father or from your mother? And how did that make you feel? So what makes it, what makes you feel like it's okay? Well, because I understand now what they went through. I'm an adult. I have kids and I understand what they went through. So now I know why they treated me that way. No, you do not. Nope. Because you never took the time to get to know what your parents actually went through to treat you that way. You know what you've been through. You know you didn't like it. So why are you passing that on? And it it doesn't mean, like, and I think people take, like, the extremes. I'm kind of an extremist, right? I'm either, like, all the way over here or I'm all the way over there. And then I kind of ping pong between the two until I center. 
That's why it's taken me 41 years to kind of get to where I am today. <laughs> uh, because I've been ping-ponging the whole time. But, you know, if you can, if you can, if you can break that down and realize exactly how much that affects that child and how much it hurts you, you can break it down and find out why it hurts you. And then you break it down even further and say, why am I passing this on to my child? You yeah. can start breaking that, that, that cycle, start breaking that barrier and start doing something different for your child than the way you were. Well, and, and, and how embarrassing for, to like, for you, like what Micah, you says 10, right? Yeah. How embarrassing for you that a 10 year old can control your emotions so drastically that you are hot and irate and out of control. Like, Dude, I am sorry, but that is embarrassing. And I say that from my own personal experience of being there. Like, that is freaking embarrassing. Really? A 10-year-old controlled me? <laughs> I have such a lack of self-control that a 10-year-old dictates my emotions right now and ruins my control. entire day? Yeah, your lack of control resulted in my lack of control. Yeah, it's all your fault, though. Yeah, of course. I mean, how many parents, when they see one person a parent, a, you know, tearing into their kids, look at them and go, why would they do that? How dare they do that? But yet when they do that to their own kids, they feel justified. It's justified. Well, no, you, well, yeah. you don't understand what, what my kid did. So, so it's okay here. Yeah. Really? Please. No, it's not. Please. Oh, and this is what I was saying too. Yeah. Let's see. I lost my train of thought there for a second. The ping ponging thing. Like so many people go, okay, I'm going to stop yelling and I'm going to go to the other end. And this is kind of what we've seen in the cycle right now. Right. Cause I think we saw a, a lot of people in, and especially in our age, uh, that came up from parents being firm, like ruling with the belt and ruling with the paddle, which uh, I'm not against um, necessarily, because I think sometimes you got to be snapped back. Uh, as long as you don't do it out of anger, you do it out of just a hate, and then we build them back up. Because so, so often that was done to beat down and not to actually build up. Um, but they ping-pong to the other way. And our, our generation, your, yours and mine, um, has been raising these little sissy kids because they want to say, oh, sweetie, it's okay. It's all right, fine, sweetie. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you kicked me in the shin? Baby, I'm sorry that that hurt. Oh, did that hurt your little toe? Like, oh, really? <laughs> like, they went to the full other extreme. Like, oh, you hated that your parents yelled at you so much that you're going to let your kid do whatever in the heck they want. Like, you still have responsibilities as an adult. Like, please, yep. get with it. My child, Ow. I think I think my child screamed one time in a restaurant. One of my children, not both, one, did it one time. And I, I swear, I think, like, through osmosis, like, the other one learned, like, oh, don't do that, because that'll happen. And it never happened again. Not that I took her outside and beat the crap out of her, but we got very firm, and we just said, this is not acceptable, this will not happen. And we shut it down, and it never happened again. Never. Yeah, and I know of, of a grandma who... Uh, was watching a few different kids, and one of them, frankly, is, is when they were at that age, was a terror, absolute terror. Ran their parents' household, told mom and dad, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go do this instead. And mom and dad were like, well, okay. I don't want to put up the fight. I don't want to be the bad guy. I'd rather be your friend. And the grandma would make an excuse and say, well, they just have a lot of energy they have to get out. No. Sure. They're crying to be put within boundaries to put within structure 
to have someone come back and go, no, this is how it's going to be. I'm sorry you don't like it, but that's how it is. And it's not a demeaning thing. It's not a belittling. It's, look, there has to be structure. There has to be boundaries. There has to be, you know, limits to what you can do. But when I heard that the grandma had said, oh, they, they just have a lot of energy, I just thought, where have we gone? Yeah. What went wrong? Yeah. How did we get to the complete opposite end of the spectrum of going, oh, that's wrong. They need to be taught a lesson and understand that that's inappropriate to, well, I don't really want to say anything bad, so I'm just going to say that they have a lot of energy and you make an excuse for it. And, and when I see a grandparent doing that, it kind of makes me go like, what were you raised in? Like, what what generation were you in? Because it's kind of like, I just don't understand that because they were raised in a completely different generation. And a completely different time. And before it was like, you know, you can't, you know, you can't swat your kid. You can't, you know, you can't even tell your kid no. Like, it seems like today, like day and age, like you can go to jail for telling your kid no. Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember threatening to call the police on my parents. And they're like, <laughs> go ahead. Like, there wasn't a threat. Right. <laughs> go ahead. The cops going to show up and go, you did what? Oh, you spanked him because he was being bad. <laughs> cool. Can I get a whack at it too? Like, I mean, like, you know, like bad kid. Yep. Now it's like a kid can actually threaten that. And a parent's like, no, please, baby, don't. Please, 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 please. Like, I still tell my, like, well, dude, the one time my daughter, I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, go ahead. Call him. Because, and I told her, I said, because here's the results of what will happen if you do that. Because in today's day and age, they may believe you, they may take you from me. And then yep. you'll go live with perfect strangers that most of which do not have happy households. No. So do you want to roll the dice as to what you might get or do you want to see where you are and appreciate what you have? Yep. It's that conversation with my daughter that makes the change. It's the helping of understanding. Okay, I understand where you're at. And yes, you know, at that time I was still angry and you know, I still had my things, all that stuff going on. But... I do remember stopping and going, here are the options. Which one do you want? Here's the phone. Go ahead. I'll dial it for you. But just understand, you might be taken away from me. It'll break my heart. And here's what your options and your consequences may be of that. Yeah. I mean, how changing for a child to just, just to understand what those things mean. And, and, and I really... Kids these days aren't taught those consequences. They aren't, they aren't taught not. what their actions can result in. No. And, and listen, our job is to, you know, as Christians and as, as, as faithful men is to be more Christ-like, right? And I, 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 and I've said it here before, I think our, our, the, the beauty of being uh, faithful and, and being a man of faith is that I get to live in the choose your own adventure book, but I just have a personal connection with the author. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel like my job as a father is, is to say, okay, yes, here's your two decisions. And I'll go ahead and show you a snippet of what the next page may or may not include. But listen, here's your one decision, sends you to page 32, and it sends you off into like rolling the dice of what parents you might get. Or here's your other decision of making different choices, and you get to continue in the story that you're in. Let them make the decision. They're going to suffer their own consequences, but you made them aware. Yes. Educate. Yeah, and also understand that your children are a reflection of you. Your children were not born as terrors. They learned that. These behaviors that they have are learned behaviors. So if you want to really 
if you really want to dive into who you are and how you are as a parent, take a look at your kids. Because that is yep. you. That's not them. That's you. Yeah, the, the grandma that said, oh, it, it was a boy. He just has so much energy. If you look at the mom of that kid in that stage when that was taking place, she was the parent said, no, son, I won't say the name or anything, but no, son, don't do that. No, Johnny. Yeah, no, we'll say Johnny. There we go. No, Johnny, don't do that. Just please don't do that. That's not nice. And the kid would look at his mom and go, well, nothing's going to happen, so why should I stop? Yeah. How can, how can, <laughs> how can a child of such a lazy parent have so much energy? Like, that's what I always look at. Like, your child is acting out because you're being lazy and fat and sitting there on your phone, not even paying attention to them. Did you ever think that that's why they're acting out? Did you ever stop to think like mommy or daddy, I just want you to spend some time with me instead of your phone. Did you ever stop to think that? Because I could tell you reflecting on my childhood, um, when we didn't have cell phones, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> Um, like, but you know, reflected on my childhood, I acted out because I wanted the attention. Yep. I didn't know any other way to get it, but I knew that if I acted out, my father would pay attention to me. And dad, if you, you listen to this, which I don't think you do, but if you listen to this dad, like this isn't an attack on you at all. It's just, you know, to help other people because this is what I've learned from. Yep. It's a cry for attention. It's a cry of, well, if yeah. that's the only way I can get some attention, at least I will get it to some degree. I'll and get a lot we, of it. <laughs> and, and a lot of kids. I mean, you sit down with any, you know, child psychologist and, you know, I'm not going to say that they're all right on because they're not, not. <laughs> but, but you look at them and they'll go, well, let's, let's get to the root of that. How much time do you spend with your son or your daughter? When's the last time you disconnected from everything else and paid attention to them? When's the last time you did this? Uh, well, I come home from work. I've got a stressful job and okay. You're making excuses. Stop. When's the last time you did it? Well, I, you don't understand. It's just the busy season Stop. at work. And it, 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 exactly. And they're, they're just excuses for not doing what you're supposed to so that your child feels loved, feels paid attention to, feels invested in. I've yeah. always been a huge fan of the word invested because mm -hmm. when you invest in someone, you're showing them they're valuable more than money, more than time, more than anything. They are important and when you yep. invest in your spouse in your child in a a pseudo child whether it's a niece a nephew you know you you mentor a kid whatever it may be when you invest in them you put them on cloud nine every day of the year hopefully you do yeah hopefully you're investing in the right way or just in a positive way yeah i mean I don't think there's a right or a wrong way i think there's just a positive way like listen people are going to interpret what they want how they want but you can do things in a positive way and even you can even you can even punish in a positive way there's there's a way to do i came home today and my my youngest daughter's crying my wife's in there you know everybody's kind of like crying i'm like what the heck is going on she's like well she's claiming she's tired and all this guys i'm like i walked into a disaster right <laughs> i walked into estrogen land like i had my mother-in-law there my oldest daughter my youngest daughter my wife my youngest is crying she's tired but she doesn't have homework because she does it all at school because she's super freaking brilliant and like what are we crying about? Well, because I told her she can't be on her phone past eight o'clock because it's keeping her up late and it's distracting her mind. I'm like, hmm, sounds familiar. I've said this a hundred times. And like, but it was, it was interesting 
because I see my wife sitting there having a conversation explaining why and helping mm -hmm. her to understand the consequences of her choices for being on her phone. Instead of just going, you can't do that and being a dictator, she's helping her to understand why so that she can make better decisions in the future for herself. Of course, then I walk in and I got my new glasses, which they totally messed up. And I look like bubbles from uh, from um, Trailer Park Boys. So like, <laughs> I walk in, I'm like, I got my new glasses. And I already have my contacts in. And I put my glasses on and my eyes go whoop, like this big. And I like literally look like bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. That's awesome. So they all start laughing. So like, I changed the whole situation. Estrogen land went away into the wind. And everybody's like, now they're crying because they're laughing so hard. Which brings up another interesting point because this is about interpretation, right? Like, I, I, they all laugh at me. I'll be honest, dude. I got mad, and there's that, there's that little like child that 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 old child in me that you know kids would laugh at you, and it's because you're stupid or because of whatever you told yourself. Like, that little child popped up real quick, like they're laughing at you, and I got mad. And like normally, I would have like thrown a fit for a while. Like I just, you know, this is what I did even as an adult, which is awesome. An adult yeah. part of it is beautiful. And like I walked out and then I come back in and I just was like, really? You guys are all going to laugh at me? Like seriously? And then they started laughing even more. So I'm laughing with them. And like we ended up just having like this like family moment that was cool. And then they're all trying on my glasses and we're laughing at each other, doing cross eyes. And like it just <laughs> turned into this whole thing when normally I would have gotten so angry and mad and I was stormed off and just gone in the office and disappeared from the family. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Like they're not mocking you. It, probably look pretty funny maybe they are mocking me but it probably looked pretty funny so i'm the one that came in and said i bet it looked like bubbles didn't i and my coat glasses like i'm making fun of these things dude i'm telling you they're like this thick dude like you can wow. run over with a semi truck they're all jacked up coke bottles vision works don't go there but uh it's all those those opportunities right and it and it's even in those moments that our children get to see the different decision that you make as a parent because you can even change and they get to see oh well, you don't have to react in anger. Mm -hmm. You can actually step back, breathe, take a look at it. And even if your initial reaction is anger, you can step away and come back and fix it. Yep. Just fix it. Be accountable I, for it. Have fun. And I think that's what the kids need to see, the kids. Yeah. That's what kids in general need to see, that parents are, it's okay to show your kid you messed up. It's okay to tell your kid you messed up because then you learn the lesson, they learn the lesson, and they learn that it's okay to say, I messed up. Because yeah. too often there are so many kids and there are tons of kids books that do the same thing from Captain Underpants to Dogman to all those other ones where it's always the other kid's fault. Oh, oh. well, well I, I punched Johnny in the face. Why do you punch Johnny in the face? Because he did this. But you punched Johnny in the face. Well, yeah, but yeah. he did this. No, 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 let's, let's stop. You punched Johnny in the face. So... So no. is there a different way we could have handled this? Yeah. Like, can we can we stop and analyze the situation and find out if there's a different way this could have been handled? So you're telling me you couldn't control your emotions in the moment, and that's how you reacted and responded. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's still, no, it's not his fault. Did he take your arm, raise it up, and push it into his face? Well, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was me. I, I love, I, I started asking my kids, um, what is your role in this situation? Like, just a simple question. What is your role in this situation? What part did you play in it? 
because you have a part that you play in every single situation. I mean, listen, you're driving down the freeway and you get rear-ended. Like, your role in that situation was that you were there and you were unaware of your surroundings. You may not have been able to avoid the accident. Accidents happen. That's why they call it accidents. But, you know, there's a reason why my brother-in-law has been rear-ended, I don't know, four or five times, and I never have been. Knock on wood. But <laughs> watch tomorrow. I'm going to get, like, rear-ended. I'm going to come back with, like, a thing on my neck on Sunday and be all jacked up. But... Uh, <laughs> what happened? I got rear-ended. Uh, but no, it's but there's a reason for that. There's an absolute reason for it. So if you're finding that, then what is your role in it? And it, find out what your role is before you blame somebody else for theirs. Because until you pull the weeds in your own yard, you can't complain about your neighbors. Yep. If, if you got a broken-down car and trash all of your front yard, how are you going to turn your neighbor into the city? And then if you learn to clean your own front yard, then how do you not go to your neighbor and say, hey, can I help you with yours? There you go. Before you just rat them out. Like, do you guys see how this works? It's not difficult. It's not rocket surgery. No, not at all. Or brain science. No. Nope. It's, it's just the way things work. And like, or they should work. And this is how you create an effective society. This is how we raise a better tomorrow. An accountable tomorrow. So can we do this? We should. We should. Or should we just try? We should try, but it's going to take effort, so we'll just stop. Yeah, we'll just give up now. That's effort. Yeah. 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 I just... No. I, I think, you know, I would rather have accountability. Um, you know, that starts with an A. It comes earlier in the alphabet, and I like A's on my report card. Um, but it's... <sighs> Listen, we, we talk to our children about everything. We talk to our children about our finances. We talk, we all let them see my bank account. I don't care. I talk to them about business. I talk to them about numbers. We talk about commissions. We talk about, you know, uh, you know, cleanliness. We talk, we talk about everything. Like if, if there's a disagreement or if there's a problem, you know, recently my father and I've been going through stuff lately. Yeah. And I sat down with my children and I said, Hey, listen, I'm not telling you that you can't do this. I'm telling you, here's what, your mother and I are going through and here's a process we're going through. We're not saying that, you know, grandpa's a bad person. We're not saying you can't talk to grandpa. We're not saying any of these things, but grandpa and I have a history and we're currently doing and dealing with that history. Daddy's going through a lot of changes and I'm making, <laughs> that sounded really wrong. Daddy's going through a lot of changes. Like, no, I'm not wearing <laughs> a skirt. No, uh, <laughs> but maybe like, a kilt, uh, but not a skirt. Yeah. And like, Hey, do you notice that I'm, changing and i'm becoming a different person and a part of that is being accountable and a part of that is also asking for forgiveness and a part of that is rectifying relationships and having understanding and spreading that beyond just our four walls like how do i bring that out into my relationships and my family and our friendship you and i i mean like how do we bring that out well by approaching these things so that's what that's what daddy's going through right now let me help you understand that if you want to call grandpa, call grandpa. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. You have your own cell phone. Call him. I'm not going to tell you. I can't believe you're talking to him. Like, I'm not. So please understand we're not doing signs. And do like nope. the empowerment that that gave my children was so, so incredible. And then for them to be able to talk and share back what they were, what their feelings were about the situation was so empowering 
and so amazing that it became this family moment for us to all be on the same page and also to be clear and all of us to learn these life lessons together. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and that's how it's supposed to be. Right? It's supposed to be where everyone learns a lesson, even if it means the parents were in the wrong, but everybody can learn the lesson from what didn't go right. That's how we teach our kids. That's how we teach ourselves. That's how we teach each other. I mean, yeah. Look, I, I'm the youngest of four. I learned really well what not to do because my middle brother learned the hard way really well what not to do. And Jeremiah has learned pretty well what not to do by watching Micah. Yeah. Doesn't mean that Jeremiah is perfect. No, trust me. He's seven years old. He still does plenty of things that he shouldn't. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with using yourself as an object lesson of how to rectify a situation how to go I was wrong and not let what didn't go well be something that stops your kids from learning what they could avoid in the future right yeah and, and the more open and honest you are with your kids the more open and honest they'll be with you yeah and that's all it comes down to. I mean, talking with my daughter about this boy that she likes, we talked about it the other day again, and it was just like, you know, it was really cool to just to have her be open and honest with me, and I, I have to trust her in that. Yeah, I find out differently that little boy's going to be into problems, but, uh, you know, but having that, <laughs> I was a daddy, and I get to protect, but, there you go. yeah, having those open, honest conversations, dude, it's just been so empowering for my daughters, man, and I see the change in them. I see my daughters, I mean, just... 30 years ahead of me, which I think is just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And they're, they're living in this unaccountable world as accountable people and yeah, teaching it, them, you know, yes, you've got to be protective of yourself, but you do not ever sacrifice your integrity. Never sacrifice a, that. It was a beautiful moment to see Michael recognize the change that's been taking place in me. And granted, yeah. I asked for it. I asked, have you noticed a difference? Which sure. is not, I don't think, a bad thing at all. Not at all. Because we need to have a reality check and a gut check with our kids from time to time as well of, hey, I've really been trying to improve. And I said, try again. I've been working <laughs> at improving. Yes, I've ruined your life. Yes, you have. I've been working <laughs> at improving in this area. Have you noticed? Yeah. Whether you do that with your kids, whether you do that in your marriage, whether it comes to finances, whether boss. it comes to communication with your boss, with whomever it may be, asking if there's been improvement is a good thing, but be ready for the answer. Because if Michael would have said, no, I haven't noticed any difference, I would have to accept that because that's his perception. That's how he is recognizing my actions and my behavior. But it was a beautiful thing to hear from him and it wasn't any kind of a, yeah, I'm just going to say it, Dad, so you'll go away and this conversation will be done. It was truly a connection moment where he said, I have noticed, and like when I relayed it, why? Right. Because it needs to be different. It needs to be better. It needs to improve. And by the grace of God, he is changing how I handle situations to the point that Mike is recognizing it. Aaron's recognizing it. Does yep. it mean that, hey, I've arrived. I fixed it. No, not no. at all. You're still pretty I will up. forever be improving and correcting and doing things hopefully better. Yeah. But that's the purpose of life is to lean on God, to do better, to learn from mistakes and be okay with saying, yeah, I screwed up. Well, I'll tell you this. If, if Micah would have told you no, and you would have gotten offended and mad at that, 
I would tell you this, that you asked that question in the wrong light. You asked that question seeking your son's validation, not asking that question to do a quality control check on your improvements of you. Yep. So you're making the improvements for the wrong reason. You need to make improvements and changes for the betterment of you so that it affects and, and, and improves the lives of those around you. If you're making the improvements just to improve the lives around you, it's not going to be sustainable. And the instant somebody tells you no, they don't see a difference, it's going to tear you apart and you will collapse in a heartbeat. That is a foundation built on sand. That's not what we need. To, to do it as a check, I mean, dude, one of the hardest things I ever had to do uh, was ask my daughter, what have I done to hurt you? Yeah. And be willing to accept, not necessarily always agree, but accept, acknowledge, and validate that her feelings are real and that those are important to her. That was the yeah. hardest thing because I didn't agree with everything she said, but I wasn't there to agree with it because I'm not doing a validation for myself. I'm doing a, I, I'm coming at it as a desire to know, to know her and what areas of my life that I can affect and I can change what areas of my life I need to open those doors and let God come in and affect the change so that it can better our family. Yep. And I could better my relationship with her. It was not for her validation. And I love that because Micah tells you yes. And if you're just like, oh, finally I've arrived. Again, you've asked that question seeking the validation. You have not mm -hmm. asked that question for a check of where you are from the outside. Because when you're, when you're walking through the forest, you're in the thick of it. All you can see are the trees and the bushes and the animals and the glowing eyes all around you. You can't see all the time the path. And sometimes you need that. That's why we have a group of men that we meet with weekly. Um, that's why, you know, I've got my group that I meet Wednesday nights, um, you know, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings. Like we have these groups of accountability men because they can see from the outside of that forest that you're in the thick of it. And they can be there and help be a guiding light for you. And we need that. And our children can be that, but they, they cannot be your source of validation. No. And, and it, you've got to be okay with when you say, hey, am I improving? Having someone say, no, I'm going to tell you this in love, but there's still a lot that you need to work on. Or there's this area you need to work on. Be open to correction. You've got to be open to correction. You've got to yeah. be open to hearing constructive feedback. Yes. Otherwise, don't ask for it. And if you don't... Criticism. Yes, and, and if you're never asking, frankly, you're afraid of the answer because you probably know the truth. Yep. 100% it. Yep. Oh, dude, I love it. If you're afraid to ask, it's because you're seeking validation. And you're and not you going to get not there. it. <laughs> and you know you're not where you think you are in your head. Oh, dude, I love it, man. Like, dude... All of my, like all, all my brothers and stuff, like my, 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 um, my, my Jesus brothers, man, my, my faith family, uh, dude, all of them think I'm like, I think they all really truly think I'm sadistic and crazy because I laugh and I love these, like these times that are just challenges and, uh, scary moments and like, oh dude, I'm going to get torn up right now, man. This is going to be awesome. There's stuff for me to work on. Yes. An adventure here we go like i get excited by these things where everybody's like oh this sucks i'm like yes like i did i get so pumped up 
when I find like through this last couple of weeks, man, I've been in just like a total like flesh versus spirit battle. And like, there's been stuff like there's been these attacks coming at me, man. And I'm like, yes, a battle. Like I get to swing my sword, like all this stuff I've been practicing for, man. Like, okay, shield, sword. Okay. Armor. Like, here we go. Let's do this thing. Oh crap. Helmet. Where'd it go? You know, like, okay, throw the helmet on. Okay, here we go. Let's do this thing. And I'm like ready to charge. I get so excited and amped. Like you could tell, like I get so excited and amped up by those moments <laughs> because it's like, there's something there man like it's just so cool i love the battle man i love to like know that there's parts of me that need to be broken down so they can be rebuilt and be reformed and rejuvenated into this fresh beautiful little flower um i I think it's (laughs) great dude like it's just what a precious thing to have man it doesn't have to be such a doldrum tear down hate myself moment no and yeah dude it sucks you know, the armor's heavy, man. You're sweating like crazy. You're swinging, man. You can get attacked, and you're probably going to get stabbed or something like that. But, dude, what a cool moment, man. It's just like those guys charging, like, ah! like running after that battle. Like, dude, you're going to get slaughtered, but you're excited. I love it. When I love looking back, when you look, you take off your armor, and you look at it, and you go, oh, man, I got a big dent in my helmet. Yeah. Or, oh, my shield's got a, you know, a defect in it it got damaged and you look back and you go but i made it well i made it through i can look back and go that was one lesson learned when i got smacked in the helmet and yeah it left yeah. a dent and the dent may be in my head also but it, there is a reminder of what lesson i learned i love looking back that way and going oh look at the lessons i've learned i did make it through in the middle of it i thought oh this this is hard i don't know if i'm gonna survive this and then you look back after you know, and I'm going to relate it to a kid's movie because, well, that's just that's how all it goes. You watch right now. <laughs> yeah, right. But you look at Mater in the movie Cars, and he's got a dent <laughs> on the side of his truck, and they go to correct it, and he goes, no, 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 that's a memory. Yeah. That, that reminds me of a good time. Well, it's the same way in our walk with our armor. That dent in my shield reminds me of a tough fight that God brought me through. Dude, it sucked. I love that. that I, yeah, dude. I, I, so we were working on the Jeep, and I cut the rocker panels out to weld in thicker steel to build the armor of the jeep right so now i can bang against rocks and it like it might scratch the paint like who knew it scratched the paint but like when i was cutting the rockers out there was a dent in one of the rocker panels that i was cutting out and um to to replace it with the steel and i just remember like going past it with the cutoff wheel and i was like oh what a sad moment like (laughs) that was the first dent and i could tell you i couldn't tell you exactly where i was because i've been trying to find that spot in the trail because like a lot of times we just go out in the desert on these trails and it's like oh turn left turn right like we really don't know where we are and we have to find our way back it's a lot of fun but i dropped off this waterfall when my when i first got my jeep and it was like this wedge of rocks and like i had a guy spotting me and i'm trusting like there's so much like biblical in this by the way it's amazing and <laughs> I, I got like the little tires on and the little baby lift and i go off this thing and i'm like there's no way i'm gonna make this thing i'm like completely gonna die but i'm just gonna die with that guy telling me where i'm going to die <laughs> and <laughs> like i dropped off and like the tire came down and i didn't have enough you know equipment like i wasn't built yet and so the articulation was like, you know, the tires would go like, bink. you know, now they drop 40 inches. Right. But I like, it was like, bink. so I come down and I hit the rock and I was like, oh, crap, there's a dent on my Jeep. I was like, I was so frustrated. And then when I'm cutting it out, I was so sad because that was the first dent I got on my Jeep. And like, 
I got this Jeep and I was like, I'm not going to be that guy that lifts it and cuts the fenders and like pops yeah. the doors off. And now the thing is just like, it doesn't even hardly look like a Jeep anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, look at when we, you know, get a cut or a nasty gash or we do something. Oh, that's going to be a cool story later. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it's my... memories. It's look what I've been through. Yeah. Cody, when I called him, my friend Cody, who's an EMT, I called him when I, when I broke my toe um, <laughs> what, like a couple months ago. And this is the kind of part of the time that I think he realized that I was not all there. And because I'm laughing with him and he's I'm like, I'm like, dude, I think I broke my toe, bro. And he's like, no, you didn't. Like, no, dude, I totally broke my toe. I swear to God, dude, I, I bet you this thing's broken. He's like, dude, they go to the hospital. I'm like, no, bro. No, no, no. They're going to make me wear a mask. I'm not going to the hospital. Like, bro, seriously? And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And that's when I took the picture and sent it to him. And I'm on the phone with him. He's like, why are you laughing? Like your toe has exploded, bro. There's blood everywhere. I'm like, I know it's cool, isn't it, dude? And he's like, dude, what is wrong with you? Go to the freaking hospital. I'm like, no. An hour later, I was at the you know, the emergency room or the yeah. They told me my toe was broken. <laughs> but yeah. even the nurse is like, what's wrong with you? I'm laughing the whole time because I'm like, what a cool adventure. Like stupid me moving shelving units in flip-flops and the thing comes over and breaks my toe i've got to drive 10 hours tomorrow like this is gonna be cool here we go and and it was like i was laughing at a broken toe but... and the next but, day you went on a hike i did i drove for 10 hours and went on a short hike and drove another six the next day and was on my feet for the next week and drove two thousand miles that that next week and it was my right big toe like the doctor's like, you are not driving. I said, oh, yes, I am. She's like, well, then here's some horse tranquilizers. And I was like, I'm not taking those. She's like, you'll want them in the morning. Never took one. No. Never took one. Because, you know, even through the pain, you can push through it and you just go. Yeah. You just you just make it happen. There's times that your body will tell you that you need to shut down. There's times the spirit will tell you that you need to shut down. You and I talked about this recently. And I know we're getting short on like going over time right now. But, like, there's those times. And I think going back circling back to like the kids because it seems like that's what this episode's been about is raising kids even in those times when you're finding yourself in that anger uh you you need to take that you need to take that step back you need to breathe the 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 opportunity to share a learning lesson will still be there that doesn't go away because you took a step away to not be angry at your children you need to take a step away and say why am i angry why am i reacting this way what is it about me? What am I telling myself? Where do I need to take a breath and calm down? And maybe you just need to step away, calm down, react appropriately with your children, and then go step away and say, hey, talk to one of your brothers and say, man, this is what I just did, dude. Help me understand what's going on. Yep. So you don't do it the next time. Yep. Like, Lesson learned. That's what it's all about, right? Like now, every time I go outside to do something, do you think I still, still wear flip-flops? Probably. I do. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll learn my lesson when I lose the toe. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a stubborn individual. But, you know, it, but but still, like, I, I did learn a lesson. Like, next time I'm going to either make sure somebody's home so I'm not bleeding to death waiting for somebody to come home. Or I'm going to have somebody help me. I'm going to ask for assistance so I'm not being stupid.